When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 103. This episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Now, I know as homeschool moms, we're not used to spending a lot of money on ourselves or even going clothes shopping, right? Well, you don't have to leave the house and you can try on stuff in the comfort of your own home. There's no subscription required. It's free shipping, returns, and exchanges. And your first $20 styling fee is covered by your referral credit at checkout. Now, I am a super thrifty person, but I still love Stitch Fix because by sharing my unique referral code, I can earn credit and you can do the same thing. You know, I kind of tell my stylist what I'm looking for and I give her a price range and I take the style quiz and then they know what things I like and they always surprise me with great picks. So if you want to have style personalized for your taste and your fit and your budget, even as a homeschool mom, I want you to try out Stitch Fix. You won't regret it and there's no risk because if you use my code, you'll get some credit applied to your account and you can try it for zero down. So go ahead and check it out at 41more.com forward slash stitch fix. Hey guys, welcome to episode 103 of the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. As always, you can find the show notes by going to 41more.com forward slash 103. Today's episode is entitled how parents can help their late talking child. Now, to be honest with you, I had not really given this topic much thought because I hadn't dealt with this in my own house. But after talking with our guest today, I learned that this is a super common problem. And you know, as homeschool parents, we want to know how we can solve problems in our own homes. We're not always interested in running out and getting services at the public school or from, you know, professionals, right? We want to know, hey, what can I do as a parent to help this situation. So if you've been feeling alone and you feel like, yeah, I, I think I have a late talking child, there is great hope in this episode because Marcy walks us through some solutions and some easy steps you can take as a homeschool parent. So my guest today is Marcy Melzer and Marcy is an intuitive speech language pathologist consultant and she's the founder of the online platform Waves of Communication. She has a ton of resources which we will talk about in this interview, but you can definitely find them linked in the show notes as well, which I will remind you is at 41more.com forward slash 103. So Marcy has so much to share, and I think you're going to really be encouraged if you've been feeling like alone in this kind of situation. If you have a child between the ages of two and four, and you've been noticing that they're, you know, they're not 
they're not speaking like their peers are at this age. So I really want you to listen in on this. And maybe you have a friend who's dealing with this situation. Please forward this podcast episode to them so that they can hear some really, um, practical solutions and they're actually easy solutions. Some of them, once you realize what the problem is, it's easier than to take action on the solutions. So here's my conversation with Marcy Melzer. I think you're going to really love it and be encouraged. Hey, Marcy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to your audience. Yeah, this is a super great topic. And so before we jump right in, cause there's so much to talk about, maybe you could just introduce yourself to my audience. I'd be happy to. So my name is Marcy Melzer, and I am an intuitive speech and language pathologist and language facilitation consultant. And what all that means is that I have an online platform called Waves of Communication, and I use that platform to help parents all over the world teach their kids who are late talking. That means they're just not using spoken language well yet, okay? Teach their kids, no matter what's going on to cause the blockages in their speech, how to use unprompted, natural, conversational spoken language with everybody in the world, not just them at home, but out in the world. And that's what my platform aims to do for families. So this is a super great topic. I know it's going to help a lot of people, but it's not something maybe we all have thought about. So maybe let's just start at the beginning and define what we're talking about. What is late talking? What does that look like? Okay. So when I think about late talking, it is, I think about the evolution of spoken language. Okay. So all kids are born. And even before they were born, if you want to look at it from the intuitive communication perspective, parents have been communicating with their kids since conception and even before, right? So parents have that intuitive, natural communication and kids come out of the womb already communicating. They cry one way to get one response from you. They cry another way to get another response from you. That's how parents learn to understand what their kids want and need and what their ideas are. And as they grow up and they have exposure to the world, that communication evolves primarily non-verbally first. It changes the cries change and then they start to crawl and get go to get to things they want. And then they start pointing or grabbing things. And as they get older, they'll start dragging you around and pushing you to stuff. All the stuff that toddlers do to naturally non-verbally communicate. And at the same time that's going on, those toddlers ears and brain and all of that part is still developing and learning. And once they get to about nine months, some of them younger, but about nine months is when that language processing system in their brain starts to kick in and they start to match the things that people are saying around them with the events that are going on in their life. And they learn when mom hands them the apple and says apple a bunch of times that that thing is called an apple. And then another time later, they'll pick up an apple and hold it. And then out will pop the word apple Mm -hmm. because the child's starting to associate what they see and they experience with the world. They experience that with spoken language that they hear, right? Mm -hmm. From the people around them, using them and whatever. Now, 
something happens in all late talkers between that nine month period or before and that two year period when we see that kids are identified as late talking because they start to not meet milestones, right? People start to judge this communication at about two years old. That's when we start to say, whoa, is my kid on target, right? We start to judge those things and we judge it way earlier, of course, you know, but with talking, it doesn't seem to be important until about that two year mark. And that's when what happens, something happens, right? In the process of this natural evolution, the kid associating spoken language with their experiences, spoken language they hear from people, right? And that's the key because the the most current research that they're finding about late talking and what causes it is not so much of um, what neurologically is affecting kids in specific areas of the brain. It's more the experience of listening to their parents talking or lack thereof, right? That is causing, because it's the functional development. It's not just whether you memorize the word or you saw the experience, you had to do it at the same time, right? In order for those processing systems to develop. That's how the brain learns to develop. So something happens that blocks the child's ability. And this is what I've shown in the hundreds of kids that I've worked with after I've started doing this as a consultant, right? Because I don't see these kids at all. And what I've learned from working just with their parents who tell me about the evolution of their kid, excuse me, and what their kid has done, Right. When they talk about that, I have seen that when the parent gets back into doesn't matter how late they are, when they get back into establishing that listening and relationship experience where the child is focused and listening to the parent and gets that related to their current experience. Guess what happens? No matter how old they are, even if they're after five, six, seven years old, they start talking. Because something blocked the process in the way. And now it could be what I have learned that blocks it, because I knew that was your next question. Yeah, I could just yeah. kind of see you saying it. What yes. could block it? What could block yeah. it, right? It has to be one of three areas I'm determining. Okay. It could be physiological, of course. Mm-hmm. So if a child's ears are blocked because of ear infections, which is the number one reason toddlers are late talking, wow. and many parents here who have older kids who are were late talking, that probably was the reason if your kid was late talking. that If you're a mama listening and your kid was talking after three or four years old, but you got them mm-hmm. talking, that's probably what happened. So mm-hmm. the blockage went away because the ear infections went away and the mom was went back to good talking and their kid learned to talk, right? So that's a good example of something that parents listening now Mm -hmm. could have had experience in their own life because a homeschooling mom has what other parents don't have in the constant analysis of your kid, how your kid learns and what you have to do because you take responsibility as a homeschool mom to make sure your kid learns everything. And every mom should take the responsibility to teach their kid to talk but a lot of moms don't. And that's, so it may be, if it's not a physical thing, a prematurity, uh, you know, a whatever kind of thing going on, it could be an environmental thing that is causing the child to not get the verbal language models they needed in that developmental stage because they were on a phone all the time and they weren't listening to humans or they were um, being, you know, left alone with a nanny. I have a lot of family 
families that, you know, move countries out of, into a a country where Mm -hmm. they don't live, you know, they're living with people who don't speak the same language. And while people are talking to them, the kid doesn't understand because it's a different language. And so that's an environmental thing that can happen. Okay. And then there are emotional reasons that a child would not have exposure to their parents talking. And that can be parent emotional things. So if there's a lot of trauma in your life, You know, if you're a mom who has to deal with your own issues and you've got, you know, struggles with other kids or your marriage or your work or your whatever, your family, and you've got to focus on solving those problems in your life, those real rudimentary problems, then you don't have two to three hours a day to talk to your kiddo because you are doing whatever. And that's what's happening during COVID, right? Moms who are home, new homeschool moms who never used to be homeschool moms have to still work while they're home and get their kids educated and do whatever. And they're relying on tech, you see, to do that education because they can't do it. But tech is not the same as listening to a mama talk to a child because it's what they show in those those neurological studies at Yale when they literally put an MRI unit on a kid's head and they put another unit on a mom's head. And when the mom speaks, the kid's brain lights up. Wow. So this, you know, so just the aspect, I mean, you've just, wow, there's three big things to look at if parents are having issues with, if their kids are having issues and see that actually elevates the simple sitting down and reading a book with your child from a young age that like, we sometimes like just go, oh, that's not necessary. And I'm not going to take time to do it. That's super important. That's language development right there. Exactly. Even if you are the most stressed out mom and you've got other things to do in your life, that one strategy alone, just reading to your child out of the book, you didn't even have to think of what to say. Yeah. Right. Just read in front of them and show them. But if the more dynamic you read, the more you involve them in the pictures of the story, because remember, when you read to your kiddo, they're thinking the movie in their head. Mm -hmm. And that's what all lay talkers do is they maintain at that movie in your head stage of communication and they bring it down into their physical body to try to get you to make the same image in your head. Just like the telepathic, you know, emotional, intuitive communication you have with your kids, how you know they want the blue cup instead of the red cup when they look at you sideways, Right. you know? So what kind of percentage are we talking about? So like how um, prevalent is this? I know you have some stats you can probably share. And also tell us about misdiagnosis, because this is shocking to me. And I think it's going to be shocking to some parents out there. Yeah. So the whole reason we talked a little bit before we started recording Mm -hmm. about why I started this waves of communication platform. And it all started out of this idea of the numbers. And, you know, I think a lot of parents choose homeschooling because that's sort of what they've seen in the system. It's a system full of numbers that don't mean a whole lot for real functional outcomes and learning for kids. And when you learn what all those numbers mean and what they are and stuff and and bypass all of that and get back to the strategies, that's what makes sense. But also parents need to have some evidence to show that this is really happening because I know a lot of parents listening to this are like, I know this isn't what you usually talk about, but... I either it's happening in my family or I know somebody and especially with COVID it's happening more because remember the incidence is probably even raising because of that environmental and emotional blockage because in 2019 
2020, parents were presented with environmental and emotional situations that were unprecedented, mm-hmm. right? So even if your kid was the most healthy, whatever, if they were an emerging toddler in this mm-hmm. stage, anywhere between zero and five, right, then your learning situation broke down in one way or another. And you had to either start from scratch or you're catching up with whatever. So -hmm. there's a lot of those things that could potentially be going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And what parents do is they freak out. And then what they do when they freak out is they start calling or researching or Googling for symptoms that, you know, look like your child. Maybe there's something wrong with my child. Mm -hmm. And it's, you can have a million great things going on, but have one little trigger about one potential thing that's going wrong. And it sends parents down these worry rabbit holes and they start getting these diagnoses. And it's not parents' fault that this is happening. This is a systemic situation that's happening. And again, the whole reason that I left the field. So what's happening is the insurance companies and the the Medicaid and the schools are gauging reimbursement for services around an autism or autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Okay. In Mm -hmm. fact, you couldn't get insurance to pay for therapy unless you have that diagnosis. Hmm. So systemically, it just created a situation where either parents who couldn't afford or wanted that speech therapy mm-hmm. just went and got a diagnosis because they wanted the therapy and they wanted their insurance to pay for it because they were paying premiums on their insurance and they wanted right. to work the system, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens when people work the system is that the system stops working mm-hmm. because what happens is now the autism world thinks all these kids are being diagnosed with autism when their parents are clearly getting diagnoses and and the system is participating because Mm -hmm. they want to sell the therapy. Mm -hmm. So the system in turn is giving these diagnoses. But the problem is when you give a parent a diagnosis like autism spectrum disorder and then they go start Googling it and they see a child who truly has autism spectrum disorder and they believe their child is like that when clearly their child is late talking maybe because of ear infections or one of those other blockages, right? Yes. That parent will freak out potentially. Yeah. What I've seen. Yeah. And then they go into the most negative downward spiral emotionally. Mm-hmm. where they are either investing in therapies that don't make sense, right. like behavior therapy before a child is two years old, 20 hours of behavior therapy before a child is two mm-hmm. years old, because they got the idea somewhere that they needed therapy. And in order to get that therapy, they have to have a diagnosis. Wow. So and- it could be not as complicated as they think. If it's simply a late talking thing, there's obvious solutions, but they're looking at the wrong. So they think they're they're looking at the wrong solutions, basically. Right. Because yeah, let me tell you the numbers to show you. Yeah. One in eight kids is late talking. Right. One in eight. Wow. That's a lot. A lot of kids of those yeah. kids. If we take 10 late talking kids, six or seven of them would talk without therapy. Wow. OK. Yeah. And currently six or seven of them are being diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Whoa. Okay. So, so should parents, all right, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just asking because I don't know the answer. And I'm just wondering, like, so if a parent's like, okay, I see stuff in my child, not sure. Do they run out and do they need a diagnosis of anything or they can totally, they can just listen to this and say, listen to what you're going to explain and they can figure it out at home. We don't need official diagnoses anywhere. Well, there are things. So I'm not going to say never because- things happen to kids, right? And we're only talking about a small percentage when you look at it ultimately that really have a problem, but some kids really have a problem. And my work as a speech pathologist would not be, it wouldn't be ethical for Mm -hmm. me to say, nope, it's never wrong with everybody because we're doing a podcast here and you're talking to millions of people. Yes, sure. So, so the answer is ask questions and do complete analysis. Don't just take your kid for a diagnosis to get services. Follow the direction like you do with your education, right? You're not going to enroll in a online curriculum Mm -hmm. just because somebody said this is good and you need to do it. No parent is going to invest, Mm -hmm. right? Because with language facilitation, I'm asking parents to make an investment in teaching your child in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You have to create these new habits to teach your child to talk. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. And we have to understand what all those blockages are and all that stuff. That's yeah. what I help parents do. But okay. what I'm hoping to help parents today to understand mm-hmm. is if you look harder, you'll find out. Okay. Number one, yeah. trust yourself and then learn to trust the people you talk who are talking to you, that information or not. Fact check it, mm-hmm. right? Just like you do for your educational things. And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm I'm talking to an audience that's not going to be snowballed, I hope. Right. But the problem is the system, the system mm-hmm. is all about snowballing parents because they're trying to sell therapy, right? right. And they will flavor mm-hmm. any kind of evaluation with I'm really worried about or mm-hmm. there are red flags or there are signs or there are whatever. And even while they can't ethically give an official diagnosis, they plant that seed in a parent's head. Mm-hmm. And then that seed alone can cause the environmental and emotional blockages that further make the late talking persist. Okay. So what I advise parents to do, and if, this is true if you have an early late talker, like maybe you have a toddler in your household or you know a toddler or something like that who's not talking yet, or, and if mm-hmm. you have an older child who's not very good at using speech to convey their ideas. They're Mm -hmm. the strong, silent type. They're the one that is um, not very good in social situations. They don't have any friends. They're not Mm -hmm. feeling very good about that, right? That Mm -hmm. communication, they're not confident in their communication. All of those kids are late talking because the nonverbal communication that you see, remember, they haven't stopped communicating. Mm -hmm. They're just late talking. They're not late communicating. They've been communicating this whole time. So instead of a diagnosis, let's just find out where they are in the process and how to get them back on track. Okay. Try that first before you go looking for a diagnosis and therapy, because just like that ear infection analogy we did earlier Mm -hmm. in these older kids, parents are making an effect within weeks. Wow. Within weeks. Really? Because remember, these older kids, the problem isn't that they haven't been learning. Yes. They've been learning this whole time. 
Mm-hmm. They've just not been learning to use spoken language because they haven't been. And you might even have been talking to your kid two to three hours a day, but they get to a point where they turn it off. They turn off the listening. And that's what happens with these little kids that get into these behavior therapies too early. Okay. Right. The important thing is to reestablish the connection where you are talking with your child. Now on my platform, I have a YouTube channel with many videos, 370 videos on my YouTube channel. And there are lots of them about autism diagnosis. You can look and learn all kinds of details about that. And you can also find strategies, videos about certain things. So if your child spends time in their own world, if your child doesn't negotiate very well, um, if your child isn't listening to you and they, you know, when you talk to them, they're not responding to you. Those kinds of things happen to every family because the communication connection between parents and kids, it, the whole reason it's called waves of communication because it comes and goes, it's ups and downs, Mm -hmm. right? Because remember those environmental and emotional blockages come and go because COVID caused them. And we didn't have COVID before. And some families that were wildly successful stopped being successful. And guess what? The opposite happened with COVID too. With language facilitation, parents who had their kids in school and they weren't successful in school started homeschooling and established, reestablished the connection with their kids. And their kids are talking more now. And you probably saw that with your educational work with your kids. Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? So it can be changing over time, depending on, like you're saying, the circumstances, the mom who just had a new baby and is a little more busy, the toddlers, but you know, like, so there's all those family dynamics that can change year to year too. And that's fascinating. So my families need to be aware that, you know, keep an eye, things aren't always stable. (laughs) They can change. No, it never, it's language facilitation is a lifetime job Mm -hmm. and it has ups and downs just like life. Because we're talking about communication here. It's not like arithmetic where your skill comes and goes. Everything affects communication because even the most effective communicator, when you are emotionally triggered by a big event in your life, suddenly you, the words don't come to you. Right. And there's nothing wrong with you. There's no disorder diagnosis that has to happen about that. You're just stressed out and your communication system shut down temporarily. Yes. And what usually helps us is we talk through our ideas. That's why talk therapy works for Mm -hmm. all of us and helps us communicate with each other. And it's all about communication, right? With our kids and remembering that they're never stopping communicating just because they stop talking. Yeah. They've shifted their communication into their isolation and they're expecting you to guess their feelings when they withdraw. They want you. That's their way to tell you. And I'm doing air right. quotes here. Yes. That's yeah. their way to tell you that they want you to intervene and respond with them. And a lot of parents will say, well, he doesn't want to talk to me. He's not listening to me. He's not paying attention to me. He's in his own world. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care about me. And it could be the opposite. It could be the opposite. He needs you more now. Okay. So my 
families, my homeschool families that are listening, we are not afraid to do what we need to do at home. So talk to the parent who's listening and it's like, okay, this is describing my child. They're late talking and I'm not going to run out necessarily and look for a diagnosis, but what do I need to do to start naturally teaching them speech at home? Can you walk us through? I know it probably gets super detailed and they can go look at your videos for like really detailed solutions, but maybe walk us through a general, okay, here are the steps. Here are the, here's the overview of how you start doing this at home. Okay. The first thing is to turn on your analytical skills. And if you see something or sense something, say it out loud. Okay. Because that's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to keep putting those good language models in that two to three models of hours a day that we want you listening to your speech, but it's not just any talking. This is talking about what your child is thinking about. So if your child is playing with a train or lining things up or sorting things out or pouring or whatever they're investigating and exploring, talk about that. And if your child shows you an emotion, talk about why you think, because you're guessing their emotion anyway, talk about why they're having their problem before you jump to the solution. Let me show you how that looks. So you have a child who is upset, like you, um, they want to have an extra cookie, okay? And maybe yesterday they had an extra cookie or you've done before, but you've decided, no, we're at a two cookie limit for our family, right? And you have made the rule and you've said the rule and you said, all right, you've had your cookies, no more cookies. And then your child has a tantrum. Okay, because there's a rule, they've known the rule, you've understood the rule, now what does a parent do? Okay, you've got a choice in this situation because you know your child knows the rule and you know they chose to break it and you know they're using this tantrum, whatever, as a negotiation, right? They're trying to get you to change your mind and give them that other cookie. So in that mode, instead of saying, You can't have another cookie because what they do is they guess. I know you just want another cookie, but instead of just guessing and jump to the solution, say it out loud. Oh, you're trying to work me. You're trying to get another cookie, but you know the rules. Only two cookies. Okay. And then the other caveat is then you go into holding your own, holding your own position and reminding your child when they can be happy again because they want your empathy, okay? They're crying. Mm -hmm. They're having a tantrum. You don't want to tell them, get over it because Mm -hmm. they're not gonna. So it's putting into words. You're saying like speak, you're putting into words instead of just (laughs) all that just not, there's just the more communication, the better it sounds like. The more communication, the better, but say what your kid is thinking. Oh, you want another cookie. You're trying to work me. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to be like, wait a minute, that's going to stop them in their tracks from the tantrum because the whole reason they want, they're doing a behavior is they want you to guess what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And when you say it out loud, the behavior will stop Mm -hmm. because that was their point. You got Mm -hmm. the point. And then when you get the point, then you can move into your parenting and talk about, okay, tomorrow you can have another cookie. I promise you, tomorrow you can have them, but they stay here now. Yeah. And let's go play a game or sing a song or do something else, right? But most parents are like, no more cookies, go sing a song. Mm -hmm. You haven't dealt with your child's emotion. 
Mm-hmm. And they're concentrating on their, I'm bummed out because I want another cookie. It's their drama. Mm-hmm. And when you ignore your child's drama, they're going to elevate it because they don't want you to ignore it. So just mm-hmm. say it. So if mm-hmm. you see the drama, say the drama and then solve the problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Because even your older kids who are talking, when you see their, your 11 year old's drama, mm-hmm. say it out loud. And then they'll have conversation with you about it. Right. Right. Because yeah. what does an 11 year old want more than her parent to understand her drama? Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> so what so what else can we do as homeschool parents? So you've given us a few. Do you have any more solutions? I got one more. And okay. this is the key for everybody, no matter how old your child is, whether they're late talking or not. If you want your child to listen better, talk more slowly really slow down. Just like that example. Trust Uh me, you think it's like the easiest whatever. It will get your kids' attention better than yelling Mm -hmm. any time. Because they're going to be, first of all, why are you talking more slowly? And, oh, now I understand what you're saying. And it feels so much better for a mom than... Johnny, 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 listen, listen, I'm talking to you. Look at me, look at my eyes, you know, all that business. Right. Just talk more slowly and go to them, get to their level, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. so that they're listening and understanding. But even if you're across the room and you have a kid who is potentially ignoring you, Mm -hmm. start talking more slowly and they're going to, first of all, they're just going to be like, why are you talking like that? And then you say, because it worked to get you to listen to me. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. So like, so is there a certain age where we need to be like, you're saying between two and four, is there a certain age where parents should be worried? Like past four, this is going to be, that's a bigger deal, isn't it? If their kids aren't talking. Yeah. You know, um, there's a time when the free stuff doesn't help you anymore, you know, where you Mm -hmm. get to the point where you're just not getting it. And so what I recommend for every parent, it's not an age, it's an effort level, right? Because remember, a lot of parents are great independent learners. And like, I learned a lot of even how to put my business online, just on YouTube. And that's why so many of my videos, I have parents all over the world. I don't even know who they are and they're benefiting. Mm -hmm. But if you work at this, for three to six weeks, talking more slowly, getting in your kid's space, following their lead, talking about their problems, and not prompting them to say words all the time, concentrating on getting your language models in there. You do that with your child for three to six weeks. And if either you see a significant improvement and you want to get jamming on that, or you don't see any improvements, mm-hmm. then it's time to book a call with me. Go to my website, wavesofcommunication.com and book a call. Because what is problem there is you haven't uncovered one of those blockages. Okay. It's physical, environmental, or emotional. And sometimes we can't see our own yes. environmental and emotional blockages. And right. that's what I'm so good at because not only am I, I have experience seeing thousands and thousands of families, but I'm intuitive. 
And when I talk to families, I have this ability to kind of see their kids and image them and see. And it's mostly because I've had so much experience, but also just because energetically, I know the parents who come to work with me. You know, these are the parents who have been looking at their kids. They have been researching. They've been looking at diagnosis and stuff like that because I know Mm -hmm. the information is out there. And those who find me are looking for something different. They're looking to do it themselves. They don't want to hire out a therapist. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I I think this is going to be encouraging for a lot of families because we can do a lot at home. Like as homeschooling moms, we are with our kids all the time, which is there's a lot of benefits there. So as long as we can, like, like you said, look at those three areas and kind of troubleshoot a little bit, I think that's going to give parents a lot of hope that, you know, I, we might not need an autism diagnosis. It might be something that we can actually work with here at home. Now, as we wrap up, I'm going to let you share your resources in a minute, but maybe just give us some final encouragement because I, I can imagine that parents who have a late talking child probably feel really lonely. They probably feel like, I'm the only one, you know, they probably feel pretty discouraged. And so maybe you can give some final encouragement that there is hope for that child. Yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you a little sort of case study. I'm just going to tell you a couple of case studies here. Um, what I've been finding with families, first of all, to show you how you are, are better at this than you think. That's yeah. the first thing I'm going to tell you right now is I know you're better at this than you think, because mm-hmm. just the few little strategies I gave you right now, if you dig in and try them for a week, you're going to see a difference in your kiddo. So first, that's the first thing I'm going to say. And the second thing I'm going to say is what I said about this three to six week period of time is no joke. I have families who are joining me after watching my videos and and following my suggestions. Their kids have made the shift from using their nonverbal communication into trying to talk within a week's time. And these are the older kids, right? And it happens with these older kids who are over four because Mm -hmm. they already have been exposed to so much language. They just aren't learning how to use it. And those environmental and emotional blockages are what's happening to get in the way. And it's just habit change. So if a parent, like you said, is willing to do whatever they're willing to do at home and just shift around your schedule a little to make sure that that two to three hours every day of good language models about what your kiddo's thinking is getting in there, you'll see improvement. You will. And your kiddo may not look like other kids, right? That's the whole point of understanding homeschooling Mm -hmm. is that we know your child is unique and so are you and so is your family, okay? And the most important thing, and I'm sure you hear this a lot on this platform, is look after yourself, right? My book is called, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun. And if a parent isn't happy doing the strategies, if they're not happy playing with their kid and and doing the things that they need to do to get the outcome they want, they'll quit. Yeah, I don't want you to quit. I want you to learn, do it. And I want to empower people to not need coaching. But if you need coaching, I'm here to help you. And I have a whole community of parents who are just like you, who have been disempowered by the system. People tried to say their kids had things they didn't have, and it didn't matter if they had them or not. Whatever they offered them at the school, they couldn't help them with anyway. So if you're feeling like that, that I have nothing to do, I have nowhere to get, it doesn't matter. I can help you. I can help you. So we will put all your links in the show notes. What's the easiest way for people to find you online? 
wavesofcommunication.com. Okay. Simple enough. Simple enough. And we will put everything. We'll put links to your YouTube and you'll, you'll share with me some links that maybe give parents a good starting point of where to start with like investigating. Yeah. There's a website. Yeah. On the YouTube channel, there is a get started with language facilitation here um, playlist. So you can go right there. There's another playlist that has, you know, the top 2020 uh, videos from 2020. That's a good second one to look at because there's, remember there's lots of videos, but that get started. And then also on my website, the real place to start is there. I have a 90 minute masterclass where parents can learn all about what is late talking? Get a kind of get a replay of what we've talked about mm-hmm. here, why it's happening, what the characteristics are, like what your kid needs and what what shows that they will be great at this mm-hmm. and what shows that this could be challenging so that you can decide for yourself, because this is all about empowering and equipping parents mm-hmm. to become language facilitators. Nice. I think this is going to be super encouraging. And it's not a topic I've explored before. So I'm so glad we had this conversation, Marcy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. And as always, find links to everything we talked about in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 103. And don't forget to treat yourself to a stitch fix. You can find that and get my referral credit by going to 41more.com forward slash stitch fix. In the meantime, happy homeschooling.